morning, um, obviously Pastor Cameron's gone and the Japan team is gone. They are in Japan. And uh, all right, you guys are all here. Good. Just want to see if you catch that. But yeah, we actually haven't heard from them so far, so we're not sure if they made it. No, we're, we're confident that they have made it and that they're doing well. Um, but this morning we have the honor of having Adam share. And um, while Pastor Cameron's gone, I have to make this clear. Adam is the one that's in charge. So if you have any very difficult problems or issues that you need to bring, Adam is the one to get a hold of and talk to. <laughs> no, but um, Adam, you want to come up and uh, bring the word for us? Thanks. All right. Thank you, Seth. All right. Well, this morning we are going to do things a little bit differently. Obviously, me being up here is, is one of those different things. Um, I'm going to share with you guys a little bit about what God has shown me over the last couple of years of my life and where he has brought me. And um, it's really been a life-changing experience for me, and I, I want to be able to share that with you. A lot of the things that I'm going to be sharing today seem like um, might seem like common sense because they, uh, they are things you've probably heard before and things that you may even think that you believe because I know I thought I believed them um, originally. But what I have learned is that revelation is really a lot of times just a deeper understanding of truths that we already know. And that's completely what I've experienced in the last couple of years. Something that I thought I already knew and understood, and I got a whole new understanding. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. All right. So um, many of you guys know that about a year and a half ago, my dad died. He had cancer, and obviously that was a very difficult time for myself and my family. Um, but if you fast forward a year and a half from then to now, right now I am enjoying life like I never have before. I have a peace that I've never had before, and I, I have like a purpose and a drive that I've never had before. So the question is, how did I get from this really dark, dry place after my dad died, to where I am today. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, and the, how I did that is I received a spiritual inheritance from my dad. He left me something, and it was really good. He had a revelation that was life-changing and changed my life, and so I'm going to share with you, hopefully, your guys' lives will be changed as well. Um, there's three main things that I got an inheritance from my dad. One is a thankful attitude. Common sense, right? Uh, two, living in my destiny. And three, knowing what my priorities are and then focusing on those priorities. All right. So um, I'm gonna sh- when I share today, I'm just going to try to be really open and honest with you guys. I want to be real with you. I want to share how I experienced all this. Um, I'm going to be using some entries from my prayer journal, which what that is is me writing down my conversations that I've had with God, my prayers to Him, and then what I feel like He's saying back to me. And that obviously involves hearing the voice of God. How many of you guys believe that God speaks to us? Amen. Um, The Bible is full of examples of God speaking to His children, speaking to His people. Um, I'm just going to read a couple verses real quick in John chapter 10. You don't have to turn there. But uh, John 10, verse 3, 
Uh, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Uh, verse 4, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. John 10:27. my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And uh, hearing the voice of God is a fundamental aspect of my relationship with God. It is essential to my walk with God. And, but the important thing you want to do when, you hear, when you're practicing hearing God's voice is to compare it to what you know of God in the Bible. What does the Bible say about God's character and who he is? And you want to compare that. And what I'm sharing with you today from my journal entries lines up with the, God's character that we've, we've learned about in the Bible. Okay, so let's go back a year and a half. Or actually, no, let's go back like four years. Four years ago, 2004. Um, this is when uh, my dad found out that he had cancer. Obviously, this is very hard for all of us and pretty impacting for him personally. Uh, but through this experience, he had a reconnection with God. Obviously, a scary time. A lot of times that, that, that brings us to God. And um, he made some major life changes. And he had a different uh, view of life. He had a different perspective on life through this reconnection with God and through God, what God was showing him. And some of the things that I noticed that were really different in the, in, in the last couple of years of his life after this, this reconnection that he had was his thankfulness is one of them. He was thankful for everything, for everyone, for every day, like everything. He was just thankful. Every day was a good day. He'd say that all the time. This is a good day because he was thankful. He had a different perspective. How many times do we have bad days? How many times this week have you said that, oh, I'm having a bad day? My dad never had any bad days, and he had cancer. He had this revelation. Every day is a good day. He was thankful. He was thankful for the people around him. Something else I noticed was his selflessness. He lived for other people, whether that be taking care of my mom or whether it be taking care of his kids or, or playing with his grandkids or doing something for his friends. What changed in him is, is all he did was focusing on other people. That was his desire, was to live for other people. So... In a sense, he was living for himself because that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to live for other people. And uh, that was really clear and evident. In uh, December 2006, we celebrated my dad's um, 60th birthday. Uh, We didn't know at the time, but that was also his last one. And we had been riding the emotional roller coaster of cancer. Um, I know some of you guys have experienced that. There's ups and downs and Things seem like they're getting better, and then they get worse and better and worse. And in December, it was a really good time. Um, we, my dad was doing really well. Things were looking good. Um, we had a really nice dinner party for him uh, with our family and a few close friends. And we all shared about what we appreciated about my dad and what he's meant to us. And when we were done, he shared with us just how thankful he was for the last couple years and how thankful he was even that he got this cancer because through that it completely changed his perspective on life. And then he said something really shocking. He said that he wouldn't trade his cancer for a cancer-free life without the revelation of how to enjoy life. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he'd rather have this, this, this pending death on him understanding what life is all about. He'd rather have that than go on living without that revelation. And that was, I didn't understand that. I was not in that place. I was like, well, no, I'd rather live. I don't know. I didn't understand what he had, but I recognized that, wow, he has something. 
And, uh, and he teared up a little bit, and he looked at all of us, and he says, all that matters in life is faith, family, and friends. That's all that matters. And that, that really stood out to me, too. And I knew that he had an understanding that I didn't, I didn't have. I mean, obviously, yeah, I know that faith is important and family and friends. Those are all good things. But there was an understanding he had that, that I didn't have. On uh, June 2007 is when my dad died. And I had really been pouring everything within me into believing that my dad was going to be healed and my dad was going to be okay and it was like I just couldn't face a different the reality a different reality of him dying and I had just poured all that I was into that and so when he died it was like there was nothing left inside of me and I felt like I was just kind of like a shell of a person and um, I didn't really feel close to anybody I didn't feel close to my family I didn't feel close to God I didn't feel close to any friends um, and I didn't want to be close to anybody. I just kind of, I couldn't process what I was feeling. I didn't really feel much of anything, really. I just felt empty. I was going through the motions of life. And um, and maybe that wasn't real evident to everybody, but that's what was going on in the inside. I was doing a good job carrying out my responsibilities. And, um, you know, I was still, you know, serving God. And I was still praying. But it was, I was just empty. And I didn't want intimacy. I didn't want intimacy with anybody. And um, in November of last year, we had that Becoming You conference. Some of you guys might remember we had that here. I was here for one of the nights, and there was a really good teaching and good worship, but I could recognize it as good and recognize it as God, but I just wasn't connecting with it. I was sitting right back over there um, by myself, and I was feeling discouraged. I was feeling uncomfortable. And I was just feeling defeated. And I got out my my journal, and I just, I hadn't done it in a long time, and I just wrote real simply to God, I I feel lost. I long for a word from you. Please come speak to me. Help me. That's all I said. That was my my prayer to God. And this is what I feel like he said to me. Stay with me, and you can do all things. I see and feel you struggle, but I won't let go. Even as you resist me, I will not let go. I have called you. I choose to never let you go. I will never give up. Let me hold you. So that that was impactful to me. I just responded, please, please continue to heal and restore my faith. Bring me beyond where I've been. And that was just a real simple exchange that wasn't hours of this awesome time with God. It was just a real simple one, but it was the most real interaction that I had had with God in months. And it wasn't, like I said before, it wasn't like I wasn't still praying or, or, or serving God, but I hadn't had a real connection in a long time. So that was a big step. Um, it didn't help me. Like, I, I didn't all of a sudden feel better, but I was making a connection there. And I recognized what God told me there, that I was struggling against him. And I didn't think that I was, but... You know, I didn't want that intimacy. I was struggling, and he wasn't going to let me go. So the very next night, I was like, all right, I'm going to pull out my journal again. Um, and God was telling me some stuff, and one of the things here is, uh, he said, Adam, I love you. I love your family. My gift to you is your family. If you say your family is first, treat them so. Time slips through your fingers daily. What do you want in life? Where are your priorities? What do you do with your time? Okay, so this didn't help me feel a lot better. 
because I wasn't feeling that great. And then I just kind of felt like this was this correction from God about what I'm doing wrong here. And I'm like already not feeling good. But what I didn't realize was this was the beginning of me receiving an inheritance from my God, from my dad, from God. And um, the night before, God was talking to me about intimacy with him and how I needed to be close to God. And then this night, he was telling me about the importance of my family. At the time, I wasn't getting it. And I was like, why are you telling me this now? But this was the beginning. Okay, a few months later, I went to a youth conference with the youth group. For those of you who don't know, I'm the youth pastor here at New Day. I went to Sturgis, great youth conference. Anybody be there? Yes, yeah, there we go, yes. Uh, <laughs> so it was really good. Um, one of the sessions, I was trying to enter into worship, and I was trying to, to like, grab a hold of this intimacy with God that I've had before. But it seemed like whenever I would do that, this, like, raw wound of, of the loss of my dad was, would get in the way, and I couldn't stop thinking about my dad. And I was thinking about um, in Romans 8.28 where it says, All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And, you know, I just keep, I was thinking about that, and I wasn't really praying this, but I was thinking, what good are you going to bring from this situation? Like, how is this good? What's going to happen? And uh, suddenly it became really, really clear to me, like something that I hadn't thought about at all was this idea of inheritance. And God said that I had an inheritance from my dad. And so I got out my journal again. And uh, I just wrote down faith, family, friends, because I knew that was like, that was it. That was what my, my dad's priorities was. And, and I was like, wow, is this going to be my inheritance? And I was thinking about how he would not trade his cancer-filled body for a healthy one if that meant missing out on the revelation that God gave him. And I knew that I didn't understand that. And I knew that that, is a, that it must be an amazing revelation. That must be something really good. So I want that. I'm going to claim that as my inheritance. And I just wrote down some other things that was like, seems like this is, this is what my dad had. And I felt like God was saying, you can have this inheritance. What, what did your dad have? You, this can be passed on to you. So I just wrote down, focused on what matters. Love your God. Love your family. Love your friends. And take nothing for granted. And um, I made a commitment that night. Um, I just wrote, I, ha- I, refuse not to rec- I refuse to not recognize God's goodness, his provision, his love, his grace, his sacrifice. I will not look to the future nor the past for hope and purpose. My life is in you now. Help me be who you created me to be today. And this, this revelation that my dad had, he had to face death he had to stare death in the faith face to get this revelation and now i was realizing this is available to me i don't have to do that i don't have to do that this is available to me because of what my dad went through i can have this you know you can too all right so that night i'm laying in bed about to go to sleep and realizing you know i don't really feel any better (laughs) the next morning i woke up and and, you know, things weren't changed. It's kind of like whenever you have, like, a really cool encounter with God, you're thinking, like, maybe everything will be different from this moment on. Um, and sometimes that happens, but this wasn't one of those times. Uh, it was a process. But, you know what? Life started getting better with each passing week. 
And it's because I started to receive that inheritance, which I claimed on that night. Um, <clears throat> again, there's those three simple things that my dad did. He had a thankful attitude. He uh, was living in his destiny, being who he's created to be. And he knew his priorities, and he focused on those priorities. So I want to talk about those three things. All right, uh, thankful attitude. Okay, for me, this started in my quiet times. This started in my devotional time, my time I spent with God. I just started speaking out thankful prayers. Um, I was thankful for my wife, Tara, for my boys, Conrad and Gabriel, and for God's provision for my apartment, for my cars. I was just, anything I could think of, I was thanking God. And it wasn't because I was feeling this overwhelming thankfulness spring out of me. It was just because I recognized that my dad had this revelation, and I was, I, I wanted to get there. And this is, all I knew how to do was just start thanking God. And yeah, I was thankful for these things, but it wasn't like, that wasn't just pouring out of me. But I did that every day for, months and it gradually it turned into a new understanding of thankfulness there became like a deep a deep thankfulness became a part of who i was it wasn't that i was saying thankful things anymore it wasn't that i was just feeling thankful i i was thankful who i was was thankful a change occurred because that wasn't there before um another aspect of a thankful attitude i made a conscious effort to stop complaining uh, this is something that I did a lot of, and I would hear myself doing it and just kind of like couldn't stop the words coming out of my mouth. And I would get annoyed with myself, but it somehow I just wanted other people to know how bad I had it. And uh, I just had to let people know. And it depressed me. It depressed the people around me. And you know what? That's not of God. He doesn't like it when we depress ourselves and depress the people around us. He wants us to speak life. And so I made a conscious effort to stop doing that. Now, you guys can all hold me accountable because I just told the entire church. I realize I still do complain. I'm still working on it, uh, but I'm, I'm doing much better. Um, okay, so I, I really tried to focus on the positive in life and in other people. I st- really, this is a hard one, is to stop complaining about other people, especially when you're, like, going to college and all your classmates are 10 years younger than you. It's easy to complain. Um, but I'm trying to focus on the positive in their life. And I'm trying to focus on the positive in daily situations. And I think that's really important. I ask God, help me to stop complaining, including just in my heart. You know, there's, there's something, there's something obviously to, to speaking out and complaining. But also, we can just, even if we never say anything, we can just have that spirit in our heart. And I ask God to help that. Um, and you know what? Now, today, I relate to my dad in a way that I never could before, before, because I am thankful. That's a part of who I am now. I am thankful. Okay, so thankful attitude. Okay, living in destiny. So who am I? What is my destiny? I ask God, what is this? What is this all about? Um, when I hear destiny, a lot of times it's just like, okay, destiny, that must mean the mission field, or that must mean doing something huge in it and uh it can be a scary thing it's like okay if i'm going to do my live in my destiny what does that mean well here's what god told me god said that i am his child god said that i am a husband to tara god said that i am a father to conrad and gabriel and i'm like okay i knew i was your child i'm married so i am a husband i have children so i am a father those are all things that i knew um, 
but then God, God was talking to me a little bit more about it because he, he, had, a, he had more of a point to it than I understood. He, and there's people that are married that aren't husbands. There's people that have children that aren't fathers. And there's people that are children of God that don't, don't live with, in, in God's presence, in his embrace. And God told me I was created to be a husband to Tara. That's what I was created for. I was created to be a father to Conrad and Gabriel and whatever other children we might have. This is an announcement about more kids. <laughs> Just to make that clear. Um, that's, what, that's what I was created for. Now, I do and have done a lot of other things. I, I work with the youth group here. Tara and I worked with missions for a while. I was a truck driver for a while. I'm a student right now at Western Michigan. Those are all good things. Those are all things God has guided me to and helped me through and are of him, but that's not who I am. Those are things that I do. Who I am, what I was created to be is a child of God, a husband, and a father. That, I, that is my destiny. That is my destiny is to, to live in, those, in that place. My destiny is to be who I was created to be. All right. Let's keep moving on here. Um, okay, so living in destiny kind of gave me this, this purpose, you know, because it's kind of like, what, what am I supposed to do with my life? And God just showed me it's wide open. I can do, if I'm living in my destiny, if I am a child of God, if that's a focus, if I am a husband, if that's a focus, if I am a father, that's a focus. It's wide open, and God's going to bless me with what I do. There's not like this pressure of i got to choose this, this, my destiny, my path. I'm going to be living in my destiny with whatever I go out and do. Does that make sense? Okay, so there's a peace in that. There is a real peace in living in your destiny and where you're supposed to be, and it's so refreshing. And I, as I was writing this, I was thinking, wow, you know what? My dad had such peace in those last couple of years. He was with cancer, and we're all freaking out around him. You know, it was getting bad, and we were scared. But he had this peace. It's because he had a thankful attitude. It's because he was living as he was created to be, and it's because he had his priorities in mind. So let's talk a little bit about priorities. Okay, so Tara and I asked ourselves, what, what is important in life? What is important? And then, obviously, what comes to mind is what my dad said, faith, family, and friends. I'm like, yep. That's important. That's good. Um, so Tara and I really thought about strategically, not just acknowledged that, that, okay, those are priorities. We thought about how do we make these priorities in our life. So let's look at faith. Um, that song we sang, you know, about surrender, all I am is yours. That's pretty much what it all boils down to with faith. We need to surrender ourselves to God, and that, that will transform your life. If you can actually live a life that communicates all that I am is yours, that will transform your life. So with faith, God has to come first. He needs to be the foundation for our life. And for me, that means that he needs to be the foundation for my, my each and every day. And that means every day. I give to God, and every day I say, this day is yours. I commit to you this day. Everything is going to happen. Be my foundation. I commit to them. I make it, I'm very uh, diligent to do that. Um, I, every day in my car, I pray. Um, I used to, you know, listen to the radio or music or all the time. But now the first time I get in my car of the day for the day, whether I'm driving to school or wherever I'm going, you know, I turn off the radio, and I just spend that time praying. And um, I'm, I'm just amazed at the difference has made in my life to just faithfully 
take that time, and it's just a few minutes, you know, 20, 25 minutes a day, and that has changed my life, changed my relationship with God. I had to make time for it, and I didn't have a lot of time, but hey, I drive in my car every day. There's some time right there. Um, okay, my quiet times really changed after I prayed for the Bible to come to life for me. My reading became motivated by wanting to learn more about who God was and not just, I should really read the Bible because I'm a Christian. Um, if we want to discover things, if we want to learn more about God, the Bible does that for us. God uses that to teach us things. And I ask God, I want to be able to read this and apply it to my life today. <laughs> And God started doing that for me. I'd be able to read things. And then later in the day, I would be able to remember some of the stuff I read. And I'm like, wow, it is relevant. That's good. Okay, so that's faith. We got faith and family. All right, so Tara and I have decided that our marriage, outside of our relationship with God, our marriage comes first. Our marriage is a priority above everything else. Now, that's something that can be easy to say, but this is actually a true thing for us. Our marriage is a priority above everything else. We refuse to let anything get in the way of our relationship. That is a priority, and that is a foundation for our happiness in our life. Um, my, my boys, they're my, my treasure, my gift that God has entrusted to me to raise. They are a priority I take time to make sure I just play with them and hang out with them and, and above other things that I could be doing and things that I used to do. You know, I come home from work, oh, I should check my email. I haven't done that for a while. And then you're on the computer and, you know, checking sports scores or whatever. And time just slips away from you. Well, you know what? I come home and I play with my boys now. I look for opportunities to do things that they love. If we're driving in the car and uh, and there's a train coming, I'll try to pull over, over and if I can, somewhere and get them out of the car and we'll stand and we'll watch the train. And that is like the best thing in the world for them. It is like better than anything I could have possibly give them. And it's not hard to do. I just take the time to do it. I look for little little ways to, to, to pour into their lives. And I mean, that's just a simple thing. But if we don't make that a priority, we're not going to think about those little things. Something that God told me one time when I was praying for, uh, for my boys is he said, you will see their heart, you will see your heart reflected in them. What you love, they will love. The habits of your heart good and bad, are what shape your children. Let me read that again. The habits of your heart, good and bad, are what shape your children. Wow, that's sobering. Like, I'm really conscious, you know, when I'm around my boys of, of how I act and stuff, but it's not just about how I am when I'm around them. It's about who I am. And who I am shapes my children. Whoa, that's that's intense. So I need, I'm, I've made it a priority to be, to be a good person so that I can raise my boys in a good way. Okay, so faith, family, friends, make time for meaningful friendship. Um, this is something Tara and I actually actually had to make it a goal. It's like, okay, this month we're going to get together with people at least two different times. We're going to do this. Because we really struggled with, with like getting together and doing social things. It just never seemed to work out for whatever reason. It's important. Friendship is important. You know, when I was at pretty much the the worst time through this whole period when I was feeling like I couldn't be open with anybody and I couldn't even process what I was feeling. I just knew if something was wrong. 
um, a friend of mine took time out of his schedule, had me over to his house, and he just talked with me, and he helped me process what I was feeling, what was going on, helped me really think about it, and that was so valuable. And I can look back at that time now and be like, that was a life-changing experience for me. Things changed then. And that's because a friend of mine who cared about me took time and talked with me. It's such a simple thing. And how easy would it have been for that not to happen? He went out and he, and, and, and he, he, uh, he asked me to come over. It had been so easy for him not to do that, and I don't know what would have happened. I mean, I, I know God's good, and eventually things would have worked out for me, but that was a turning point for me. It's huge, and it's out of friendship. You know, few things are more valuable than meaningful friendship. Few things in life. They're, it's very important. Okay, so we chose to make these things our priorities. Faith, family, friends. Okay, we don't have time for faith, family, friends. Okay, here's our life. We want to make these our priorities. Not going to happen. What did we have to do? We had to simplify and organize our life. We stripped away everything and built on the foundation of what, we've know, what we know is important. Faith, family, friends. That is going to happen first. And then we'll see what we can fit in. Now, that is a crazy thing to do, let me tell you. Uh, but we made a point to make time for things that are important. Quality time with God, quality time with each other, quality time with our boys, quality time with our friends. Okay, we need to do all of that. Okay, now what do we have time for? And there wasn't a lot of time for what we did in our life before. We had to get organized. We actually made um, monthly goals, like we're going to do this this many times this month. And we, we have a real detailed schedule on Excel telling at this time we're going to do this, at this time every week. We get together once a week and we make our schedule. And this is when we're going to do this and this is when we're going to do this. We have a day that's just our family day. We're not going to do anything with you if you call us on our family day because that's our family day. Uh, we have a time a week that's just for Tara and I. It's our, our date time. There's a, there's a four-hour chunk of time where the boys are watched, and it's just for Tara and I, and we're not going to do anything with anybody else. We're not going to do any work. This is time for Tara and I. We made that a priority. We scheduled it in. Um, we, we've scheduled in times for us to pray and journal together. Um, that is such a wonderful thing to be able to, to, to hear God's voice with each other and share what each other has heard from God. But you know what? There's no way that would happen. We've always known it was a good thing, but there's no way that would happen if we didn't schedule it in. Like, we're just, we're just too busy. And we had to actually make a conscious effort. Yes, let's schedule this in. Let's do it. And then now we do it. It's awesome. Who would have thought? Um, <clears throat> so we prayed for a revelation of what is really important, and now... Our desires line up with what is actually important. You know, originally it's like, well, this is what I like to do, but now this is what's important. But we prayed for God to make these our heart's desire. And the Bible says that God will give us our heart's desires. And our priorities became our heart's desire. And now what we want and what's important is in line with each other. And it's great because what we want to do is the right thing to do. That's really good. So um, organization and simplification lead to peace and purpose. So um, we are capable of doing a lot of stuff. A few semesters ago, um, I was working almost full-time, going to school full-time. Gabriel was born that semester, and it was in the months leading right up to my dad's death. So that was an emotional time, a stressful time, really busy time. Um, And, you know, I made it through, and everything was okay. But <laughs> just because I'm capable of doing a lot of stuff doesn't mean that we have to jam-pack our whole life. 
there's an answer in, in being simple and being organized and uh, not being busy. There's so much peace and happiness there. Um, yeah, we can do more, but that doesn't mean we're supposed to. And that's something I've learned even this semester. I took five hard classes. I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking I wanted to get done with school. But um, next semester, I'm not going to take five really hard classes um, because it's, a, it's not worth the sacrifice. I'm not having the time with my family that I had before. And so next semester, I'm not going to do it because I know what my priorities are. Okay, so real quick, I just want to go over some key points, some common sense things for you here. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, like I said, revelation is often a deeper understanding of the truths that we already know. Like I just said a lot of really practical things here, but when I embraced it, it changed my life. It's stuff I already believed, but when I embraced it, my life was changed. Okay, so uh, let's just skip a couple things here. Okay, if we want to live a more fulfilling life, we need to know what our priorities are. You need to identify that. If you're going through life without knowing this is my priority, um, you're not going to get anywhere. And you're not going to feel fulfilled because you're not going to know if you're doing what you feel like you should be doing if you don't know what that is. So know your priorities and your life will be more fulfilling. Um, A little challenge, something I read about in a magazine, log your time for a week. Um, If you... If you just get a piece of paper and log, you know, this is what I did when I got up in the morning and then went to work, and, and at the end of the week, tally up all your time. And obviously, for a lot of us, work is going to be way more, and that's just unavoidable in the culture we live in or school or whatever. Um, but then compare it with what your priorities are, and are your priorities even in there? And if they're not, you need to make some changes because that's not the way that we are created to live. Okay, um, let's move on. Okay, spend time with God on a regular basis. Um, pray for the Bible. That, pray that the Bible would bring life to you as you read it and apply to your life. Um, journal. I encourage you guys to journal. If you haven't done this, um, it's really, really good. And it's, it's really awesome to be able to go back and see what God has told you in the past and to see how it's come to pass now. Um, that was awesome for me just as I was preparing for this teaching. It's like, wow, God told me all this stuff that has come to pass. It's really encouraging. Um, if you are not comfortable with the idea of hearing God's voice or you haven't done that before, talk to somebody who has. This church is full of people that practice that on a regular basis, and it is the most fulfilling and satisfying aspect of my relationship with God. Um, so I encourage you to do that. Okay, family, make your marriage a priority for you married people. Make your marriage a priority. Make your marriage a priority. Make your marriage a priority. I just see that it doesn't happen sometimes, and, and it, didn't, it didn't happen for us. You know, our kids were above our marriage, which is really easy to do and really easy to justify. But you know what? That's not the way it's supposed to be. Marriage needs to be our priority, and everybody's got a reason why why it shouldn't be or, or, or why it can't be. And that's, that's just not acceptable. <laughs> marriage needs to be your priority. And if it's not, you need to rearrange your life. Okay, um, make your children a priority. They're a gift from God. Um, friends, create meaningful friendships. If you don't have any meaningful friendships, pray. Ask God to give you meaningful friendships. That's something that's on his heart for you, and it's something uh, that he wants you to have. So ask him for it, and he'll give it to you. Uh, make a choice to embrace life. You know, we don't have to wait for heaven to enjoy all that God has given us. Uh, I think there's this attitude with Christians sometimes. It's like, we must endure this earth and someday we'll be happy in heaven. You know what? God has given us so much right here on earth. 
Uh, there's a friend of mine that used to say that, that he's the god of the taste bud. And there's no reason for us to have taste buds except for to enjoy food. And uh, God gave that to us. God's given us wonderful things in nature. And he's given us family and friends. He's given us things to enjoy. We need to, make a, we need to realize that and make a choice to enjoy it. Um, something really important real quick is uh, don't get trapped in the moment. There's always something that you can be really stressed out about, really worried about, and really anxious about until it passes, and you can be really stressed out, worried, and anxious about the thing that's happening right after that. And you will live your entire life in that place unless you realize it. Take a step back. Look at the big picture. You're not going to enjoy life if you're caught up in every single moment worried about what's going to happen. Take a step back. Choose to enjoy life. Trust God. Things are gonna thing, things are gonna work out. God God takes care of us. We can't be stuck in the moment. Okay. Um, and something God told me one time when He's talking to me about that. He said, "Do not put so much weight on every hardship, obstacle, or failure. Instead, put the weight on Me. I will not fail you." So when you're feeling that, when you're feeling like all I can think about is this major thing that's going to happen this week, give it to God. Make a conscious choice to do that, and actually tell God you're giving that to Him. Let him carry it for you so that you can enjoy the life that he's given you. All right, um, just one more thing here. All these principles I applied, we applied to our life um, before changes started to happen. We made a choice that we wanted, we wanted things to be different. So we applied these principles to our life, and things, things got different. If we wait for things to get better so we can start applying these principles... It's never going to happen. You can't wait for it. You got to, you got to, you got to. When things are hard, that's when you got to make the changes. When things are easy, why would you want to change anything? Um, it's not easy. It's not easy, but it's worth it. I can't tell you the transformation that, that we've experienced is, is completely unbelievable. I was empty before, really not having much direction. And, and now it's better than it's ever been in my entire life. That's completely 100% true. So it's completely worth it. You just need to desire change. You need to ask God to, to, to help you and, and ask God, what are the steps I need to take? And these are, I shared with you the steps that we took. Maybe it's going to be completely different for you. But God knows what steps you need to take for change. And if we take those steps, he's going to be faithful to meet us. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right.